0: All right. This is uh, Dave Johnson, and I'm here with Heather Coleman. Hello. And uh, we are doing uh, parenting schedules, the who, what, why, where, where, when, and how of uh, of what used to be called custody. Um, And what we want to talk about are um, how parenting schedules are developed, um, how they're preserved, and um, how they're implemented. Right. How's that sound? That sounds good. All right. So basically a parenting schedule is when the parent, you have two parents um, in a divorce um, who are going to be living apart and now they have to figure out when they get to spend time with their kids, right?
1: Right. This is always, um, you know, a big issue in any custody or divorce case with children. Um, You know, you guys are going to have to figure out who's going to have the kids when, how you guys are going to exchange the kids, uh, what days the exchanges are going to take place. Um, There's a lot to figure out.
0: Yeah. I mean, it is a lot. And uh, a lot of parents who don't have lawyers really don't know where to even start. I mean, they they kind of default to the, to the uh, you know, what they see on TV, like Mrs. Doubtfire or something every other Wednesday and Sunday afternoons or something, right? They, that, that's the kind of schedule that they come up with in their head, right?
1: Yeah. A lot of people, you know, they walk in and it, they already have it kind of in their head that, you know, well, dad's going to have every other weekend and, you know, that's it.
0: Right. But, uh, I mean, the this, this schedule is actually much more complicated, Yeah. Um, right? I mean, when we talk about putting together a parenting plan, we think about pickups, drop-offs, what time, that's easy, right? Where, most of the time that's pretty easy. Who, sometimes you have to worry about who might be doing the pickups yeah. and drop-offs. Um, and then you also have um, things like, uh, uh, the various schedules over the holidays that can be problematic
1: right? yeah I mean there's there's really just so much that goes into it I mean the actual parenting time schedule is what's going to take up and uh, you know the, the bulk of your parenting plan I mean you do have to worry about what time the children are going to be exchanged and um, you know this comes this becomes a little tricky um, with you know holidays or non-contact school days um, if you're exchanging before or after school then if the kid doesn't have school, where, when, things like that. Um, who's going to do the exchanges? Maybe you guys aren't able to have physical contact. You're going to have to have a third-party assist. Um, so there really is a lot to think about.
0: Is there one right parenting schedule?
1: No. I mean, there's there are so many parenting schedules. I mean, um, I mean generally what's going to work best is... Um, Going to be suitable to the children's ages, the distance between you guys, um, how well you guys get along, things like that.
0: So, uh, one of the common things that I talk to people about is developmentally appropriate parenting schedules. Um, I assume you do the same thing. Right. What does that mean?
1: Um, so, basically, you don't want to be exercising, for example, a week on week off schedule with a one year old. Um, that's just not good for them. because Why is they're not, not good for them? They're not developmentally ready to be away from one parent or the other um, for a significant amount of time. I mean, generally in that situation, we're gonna recommend that, you know, if you, if you have a baby or a toddler, um, they don't go more than a couple days away from their primary parents. Um, if you're both the primary parents, then you're gonna be doing a lot of exchanges.
0: Right, and uh, the reason for that is because the infant you know, basically, they're, uh, they're, I'm sure there's a more technical way of explaining it, but their attention span is really short, right? Mm-hmm. And their needs are so immediate that you, that, uh, that you come up with a short frequency um, schedule that allows both parents to be present um, more often. Right? Right. So a week on, week off doesn't work because they're gone from the parent for the whole week and then they have to adjust to the new parent. And so, what you want is a, a, a lot of frequency of, of the time with each parent,
1: right? Right, and if you know, if you do end up uh, having a schedule where you know a toddler is away from a parent for a significant amount of time, like a week, which is a significant amount of time to them, they're going to have a really hard time adjusting. With every exchange, they're going to be, you know, really cranky, irritated um, for the entire day after the exchange, and maybe for good reason—it's it's too confusing for them.
0: Right. So these developmental stages, um, you know, again, they're not something that's cookie cutter. You can't say at exactly the age three, we're going to transfer into a different schedule, right? I mean, because you have to look at each child individually, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, every child is different. Their developmental needs are different. So what may work for, maybe you heard about somebody who is doing a certain schedule with their two-year-old. Maybe it's not going to work for your two-year-old.
0: Well, then you can also have mixed kids. Like you could have an eight-year-old and a two-year-old.
1: Right. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, there's just so many (laughs) things to think about.
0: Right. And uh, so let's talk about how we uh, how we try and get our clients to resolve the issue of parenting schedules before we have to go and have a judge figure it out for us. How do how do lawyers typically help parents, parent clients figure out a parenting schedule?
1: I mean, ideally, we're going to be talking about a parenting schedule, you know, from that first consultation all the way to the end of your case. I mean, it's really something to always be keeping in the back of your head. It's something to think about at the very beginning, you know, where do I want my kids to be? Who do I want them to be with and when? Um, So ideally, it's going to be something that's in the back of your head throughout the entire case and then hopefully resolved at mediation.
0: I mean, it is something that you start talking to the client about at the consultation and further because... um, Again, so many factors go into it, you need a whole lot of information to help the client and the parent uh, figure out a parenting schedule, um, and you've got to kind of get to know their kids a little bit and their relationship to the kids. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, 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 There are parents who are more directly involved in, in their kids' lives and others who are maybe not so directly involved, and, and no judgment on either one of those, but um, but you have to address those uh, parent that parenting history when you're, when you're doing a parenting schedule, right?
1: Right. Because you know, the court's going to look at the history of, of parenting between the parties and the history of time commitment you've shown to the children, um, and maybe if one parent has been less involved and they work a significant amount during the week, then maybe it makes more sense for that parent to exercise weekends.
0: Yeah. I mean, some killer questions on uh, cross-examination are, how many times have you changed the diaper?
1: Yeah. You know, and, like, where does your chil- where do your children go to the dentist? Where do they go to the doctor? Right,
0: who's the doctor? Yeah, you know? a lot of
1: times they don't know.
0: Right. And, and, and when was the last time your child was sick and what they have? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of uh, information that can be pulled out across examination about how involved a parent is with those types of simple questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, another thing to think about is just the level of conflict. Because uh, if you have a lot of conflict in a, in a parenting case, transitions are rough, right?
1: Yeah, because there's always, because um, you know, if if you're directly exchanging the child, then there's just a prime uh, situation where you, you know it might turn into a big argument or something. Um, if if parties can't really be around each other without it turning into a fight, then you probably want to lessen the amount of exchanges.
0: And by that, let's say you know we're on a uh, a schedule that's a couple days on, couple days off, couple days on, couple days off, right? Um, and yet it's high conflict and the kids are being exchanged not at school but at like the McDonald's, right? Um, that's not really good for the kids because that means every two days they have this conflict situation where they're so they're kind of wedged between two parents that they love but these two parents hate each other or, or, or are unfriendly to each other at best. Right.
1: I mean that's terrible for the kids having to see the parents argue every time they're exchanged. Um, and I mean, usually, what's a good idea is if the child is old enough for school and you guys just don't get along, then one parent just drops off in the morning, one parent picks up in the afternoon, and that way you guys, Like never see each other.
0: Right. And that that works great when the kids get a little bit older. When they're younger, again, you've got that frequency that uh, you come up against in high conflict cases, the Mm -hmm. frequency that's important for the kids. Sometimes what you see is the judge will sacrifice that frequency, in my experience, will sacrifice that frequency if there's conflict. Yeah. And they will give one of the parents the majority of the parenting time just to minimize the conflict for the kid.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, that just goes back to, you know, children being young and a lot of times you're going to see kind of an unequal schedule with younger children. Right. Um, Yeah.
0: So, uh, other things to think about when it comes to developing a parenting schedule. Um, What about holidays, vacations, birthdays, things like that?
1: So, yeah, these are all things that you definitely want to include in your parenting plan. Otherwise, you know, you're going to get to winter break and be like, oh, you know, what are we doing here? and those are all things that'll be detailed so i mean typically what we want to see is the holidays are split equally so one parent gets uh, thanksgiving one gets christmas it flips the next year so that you get thanksgiving the other parent gets christmas um, sometimes we split winter break 50 50 sometimes we just split christmas um, it really depends on kind of what your preferences are
0: yeah and uh and again it also depends on the level of conflict right right Um, And there are other things that go into that, too, because uh, what you should be thinking about as a parent who's trying to put together the schedule when it comes to holiday time is, am I ever going to take my kids to the grandparents, too? You know, because the grandparents want to see the kids. Mm -hmm. And if the grandparents live in Wisconsin or Maine or something like that, you can't just go for two days and come back. Or you could, but it's just, you know, that's really rough. So... Um, anticipating those sorts of situations um, can and allowing for them in a parenting plan can really um, really help improve the holidays for the kids right
1: yeah generally what i like to do is that instead of just you know thanksgiving day or christmas day and eve um, one parent gets thanksgiving breaks that's you know a five-day chunk of time that you guys you know can travel to go see family and then same with winter break you know one party gets the first week uh, the other parent gets the second week and that gives everyone Um, time to travel during the holidays to go see family.
0: And again, there's no one right way to do it, right? I mean, you have to really understand the family, really understand the children in order to come up with a a parenting schedule, which kind of leads me to uh, a point, which is that it's better that we do this over time, getting Mm -hmm. to know your children, getting to know what your needs are, how you two interact, then you go spend two hours in front of the judge and lay it out there for somebody who may just be hungry and not paying very close attention to what you're saying, right?
1: Right, and I mean, judges are notorious for writing. I mean, you know, if your case goes in front of a judge and they end up writing the parenting plan, it's not gonna be as detailed as if an attorney wrote it.
0: It's gonna be a lot worse. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, no offense to the judges that are watching, (laughs) if any of them are watching, but um, I think that they would freely admit that a plan that is developed by the parents with careful input by the lawyers is gonna be better than that they sit on the bench and figure out after a few hours of listening
1: yeah because I mean you guys might have traditions that you've agreed that you want to keep intact and then maybe this wasn't brought up to the judge the judge doesn't know he's not going to put this in the parenting plan because he doesn't know that you guys like to do you know this on Easter and this on Thanksgiving
0: so that um, one of the things that I sometimes get and uh, is you have a client come and go, we're really not fighting we, we get along just fine we just really need to have like a basic schedule put together Um, and so can, can you just, you know, do like pickups at school, drop offs, and we'll figure out holidays later. Um, does that ever create
1: problems? Yeah, I mean, I would, yeah, and that's what a lot of people end up coming, if a lot of people come back with post-decree issues that revolve around having a parenting plan that is not very specific, and then it's caused all these headaches down the road. Um, so I would I would not advise just leaving things kind of up in the air to figure out later because you never know what's going to happen down the road.
0: It's almost a trigger for conflict. Yeah. Because if you haven't laid it out and allowed yourself some sort of written provision that is your at least your default provision, then you can just see good or bad conflicts developing between good parents, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah, and I mean. You know, for example, like what if you know you both want to take a vacation next summer, and then you've bought tickets for the exact same week. You know, what's going to happen then? I mean, if you had a parenting plan that says this parent gets first preference in odd years, this person gets first preference in even years, that wouldn't have happened.
0: Right. And so, even when I have those folks come in and say, you know, we're getting along just fine, we don't really want to rock the boat. You know, I I often push them quite hard um, to go ahead and include a lot of detail. Yeah. Um, and then what I, I say, and the judge, I've seen hundreds of times judges say the exact same thing, which is, you know, here's your plan, but feel free to go ahead and modify it by agreement yeah. so that you can work together as parents, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> just because it's, you know, signed off on by the judge, you don't have to follow it if the two of you agree to it, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty common provision in a parenting plan, although... Um, you know, in theory, I, I don't know how often that actually pans out successfully.
0: Uh, well, your hope is that it does, yeah. right? Um, and, and what I'm not ta- I'm not talking about like a long term modification, but you know, it's your turn for Christmas this year. But I kind of want to have some time because my parents are going to be here. Can I take the kids on Sunday from Sunday and Monday so we can spend some time? You know, you say that's fine then yeah you know, that's that's an okay modification, right.
1: Yeah I mean things like that are fine. If you guys are gonna agree here and there to slight modifications, um, I mean I would make sure you get it in writing, even just you know an email exchange. Um, but uh, yeah, that's pretty common and I, I think that's totally fine. Thank you for listening to this week's divorce Insight podcast. To get a copy of our free ebook An introduction to divorce, click on the link below in the show's notes. Please contact our office for a free consultation. We're available to help you with any issue related to family law and divorce. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you stop by again soon. As a final note, please be advised that the information in this podcast is for general informational purposes only. Nothing in this podcast may be taken as legal advice for any individual case or situation. Please retain a lawyer for legal advice. This information is not intended to create and receipt of or listening to this podcast does not constitute an attorney-client relationship.